0: This episode is brought to you by Karen Twins Productions and their upcoming series, Play It By Year, set to release this May. Follow Karen Twins Productions on YouTube and Instagram to stay up to date with the latest Play It By Year news. <laughs> All right, so welcome to Only Real Fans. Today we're talking about Salmon P. L, the Polish Dutch series that began back in twenty twenty one, right? And you guys are already in your second season now. Um released to YouTube to very good uh audience. Great uh great reception I heard, and Polish a really yeah, audience. Polish audience, <laughs> very large audience. How far along are you guys in season two now?
1: We are, um, so we filmed um, like 50% of it, four of eight episodes. And last Sunday we launched uh, the third episode. So we have one more premiere to go and then get we're get, getting back to the set and uh, and filming again the, the second half. So it's are been you pl- quite tiring. <laughs> are you huh? as busy
0: with this season as you are with the first season? Because I remember the first season took up all your time.
1: Yeah yeah but but I kind of you know you're you're learning a lot of you know in the process so you 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 get more efficient, I guess, and you make you you learn from mistakes, not from all of them, but yeah it's it's it gets a little bit more like efficient easier, I guess do you have more
0: hands on deck this time for all the post stuff because I remember when you started with season one, we had like a conversation about you know just in general workflow process and how to kind of do that alone or with other people Did you get more hands now or is it really just more efficiency on your end
1: yeah it's hard to say because i think i'm still like a control freak and it's very hard for me to like let other people play with my footage you know i come up with those you know very smart arguments like yeah it's too heavy it's filmed with red and you you need to know what you're doing but you know it's bs and uh, i really have to start outsourcing even if it's like small things. I'm enjoying the rides. I I really love the post-production, but yeah, it takes a lot of energy. It takes a lot of time.
0: I think that's like the thing I'm even learning now in post-production and just editing in general is every single step is so much fun. So you kinda wanna be able to do it all, but it's just not efficient. Like you're gonna burn yourself out if you have to do every little detail. And even though I want to do that, because I I have the same thing, like I think any good editor, post producer is a control freak, like you have the best workflow, so you know how to work it and you're worried others might fuck it up, but it's just not sustainable, you know, like it's, especially if you're, if you're doing filming and post production, because you're also doing all the cinematography on the show, it's just, you're just going to like eventually run yourself into the ground because you have to do all the things. But you also get exactly what you want the first time you try it. You know, you don't have to, like, go through iterations of other people's work. And, you know, it doesn't necessarily take on exactly the look that you were expecting.
2: So let's just, sorry, let's just introduce Edmund to the audience that's watching this podcast, actually. Who are you, actually? What do you do for some NPL?
1: So, um... My name is Edmund. Thank you for having me. Of course, we know each other for, uh, for quite some time now, but it's really a pleasure and honor to be on your podcast. Uh, my name is Edmund Pionov. I'm, uh, I guess, a cinematographer and a producer of a uh, web series that's called Summer PL. It's a, uh, it's a series about Polish people, adventures, it's a comedy about uh, Polish people here in Netherlands where we live and where we filmed it.
0: How did you how did you get involved with it in the first place, Edmund? Because I know Mo- it was Monica's baby, right? When we talked about it, like her writing and the True. thing that she's been trying to put together for years. So how did you even get a, to be a part of the whole uh, project?
1: You know, as 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 often with those kind of things, it started as a series of coincidences, because I I, I ended up, you know, I I met her way back, and it was at the same event where. Uh Dominika was there as well as a, uh, you know, as a miss. I think, Dominika, you can tell a little bit about that. Yeah, what was this thing? <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh,
2: completely off topic. It was a miss Poland in Benelux, something uh, extraordinary happening in the Netherlands. Um, and Edmund was uh, actually, that was in 2013. I won it (laughs) you won I won uh surprisingly um and uh Edmund was invited for the gala for the final gala and you came as who actually
1: um well to be honest I wasn't invited I kind of invited myself in and Monica who is right now our director and who was back then the organizer of, uh, of the beauty contest she uh uh, she really thought that i will be like you know i will jeopardize the whole evening and she didn't know me and so she she hired... why would she think that why did you think you're... we didn't know each other we didn't know each oh, other okay. and, and i was kind of she associated me with another like a media party here in uh in netherlands that she was uh, well she they they weren't really friendly with her and so I, I had very little to do with that. But long story short, she hired like the, the biggest, longest guy as a security guy that, that she knew as actually a Hollywood actor right now. And uh, yeah, just to make sure that I won't make a scene. And of course, you know, needless to say, I didn't. And it was super friendly. And then fast forward, like nine or ten years later, no, eight years later, she approached me for a like uh, a video job of um we were filming her um earrings so a pro, like promotion videos and of course who was one of the models dominica you one, know? yeah so, yeah. so, <laughs> so then we, when did, we, when did you become part of it
2: um
0: part of what exactly some pl when did, did you come on at the same time as Edmund or
2: so actually um it was kind of
1: before all
2: together before because i um i i got in contact with monica after actually almost the same time as you like i didn't see monica for like seven years and then i saw her promoting her earrings because monica does beautiful makes uh, beautiful earrings and and i uh Reached out to her, and it turned out that she's my neighbor in Amsterdam. I was like, okay, wow, uh, let's get together. So we did, and then she told me about her idea of of writing a story about Dutch and Polish people, and I was like, well, cool. It's middle of pandemic. Yeah, let's 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 let's, let's do something. <laughs> so um, so that's how we got together. Um, I was part of little brainstorming sessions. It I was just like an, an addition. And then Monica needed models to do her sh- uh, shoot. And actually we had another cinematographer coming to shoot it, but he canceled one day before. And True. Monica was like, okay, what should I do? What should I do? I don't want to cancel it. I need someone. And then she reached out to Edmund. And from that moment on, it's just been an ongoing uh, series of, uh, of filmings. Well, lucky <laughs> yeah. that
0: guy, Grace lucky that guy canceled. Yes, I was talking to Dom today when we were watching a few episodes that I think the show really survives. I mean, it's very it's funny, like as a Dutch person, I can say that the real great thing that Monica does is that you really kind of touch on all the funny, weird little Dutch things, like maybe in a hyperbolic sense. So they're exaggerated, but they're still like. Like, there's this scene where all your friends are, thank- like, ha- um, congratulating you for your birthday, and then they, like, hug your mom and hug your cousin and say, congratulations, congratulations. And I just think that's so funny because I also, as, like, an American Dutch kid, grew up thinking, how fucking weird is that? Like, how weird is it that Dutch people do those things? Like, it's so strange. So, the Polish side is a little harder for me to get all the jokes, but the Dutch side, I really do have a laugh, like, at all, like, the tiny little idiosyncrasies. Um but besides that, I think like without your work ethic, man, like how, cause I remember when we were talking about it, the turnover time is just crazy and I'm watching yeah. it and your assumption for something that's going by so quickly is like, you're going to see quite a bit of like stumbles or fumbles, but that's not the, like, you know, not a make it or break it thing in a show, but I'm surprised that the lack of that, like there are some genuinely amazingly filmed scenes and great edited scenes for a turnover time that sometimes was like in a week you'd film something and have to get it ready by the next week that's like filming editing color grading uh sound designing and then scoring and yet that episode comes out looking just like really fucking amazing i was actually really in awe today and i want to talk about how you did the hookah scene
2: um favorite one cuz
0: that's like one of my favorite scenes and i just love the way it's edited and filmed it's hilarious it's so funny the witch scene the hookah bar scene when they're smoking shisha. When uh, oh yeah, the, the, Gre- yeah, Gre- the, the Gre- bali Gre- Bally- not the Bally- oh, my
2: dad. Yeah,
0: Grzegorz.
2: Grzegorz.
0: Grzegorz and his friend go. They get high <laughs> and they go to the hookah bar. and He keeps seeing his wife in the in the belly no, dancing of no, it. You know
2: his wife. <laughs> no, he's she appears because he is so stoned that he. He seeing seeing yeah. his life over this, this exotic dancer and hundred, he's like freaked
0: out. I know, but that's like my, for anyone who's a filmmaker, I would really recommend going to watch this show to realize like what you can do on your own if you just think about it and like actually taking action rather than talking about shows. But that is like a great example of a hilarious situation where there's no words spoken because the characters don't, they can't speak the same language. True. So all True. the comedy is show not told, which is like, that is basic principle storytelling if you can show it rather than tell it then definitely show it and that's a hilarious scene true so
2: how did you true. film it how did you do how it? Did it
1: how did i film it i mean it's uh, you know for me a lot of those scenes are um i think it's as as usual in in filmmaking you 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 show up on a on on the set and you have some kind of vision of how you want to film it and every single time it's it's always some kind of a different manifestation of it you know the, you can you know in in the first season i made a lot of storyboards and but they were more um as a like like a part of like mental preparation for me because i was really like scared of a very difficult shooting day so i felt like the best you know, the more preparation I'll put in it, even though I'm I'm a person who does a lot of things like last minute, then, you know, the the easier it's going to be on the day itself. And and many of our shooting days and Dominica knows it very well, are super hectic and very ambitious. And there are so many scenes that we have to film on a single day. And um, so, yeah, how 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 we filmed it um I actually don't even know which part of it you you like the most, you know, because it's for me those those scenes are uh, like so. My
0: favorite part, I mean, like honestly, I like the whole scene, but the part that really made me, I was laying on my couch. The part that made me sit up because I was like yeah. interesting was just the transition into the scene in the beginning. I really like the sort of fishbowl like lens mm-hmm. like that you were using. Mm -hmm. um for the close-up on the hookah coals and then like just that sort of muffled sound design was super Mm -hmm. smart almost like someone was rubbing against a microphone when you feel that like you feel almost the sound makes you feel the coals which was genius um and then just like these like so superimposed transitions of them like just like letting the smoke fall out like that I I know how to do like if as a as an editor I just I know how to make that but I'm more impressed that in a show that, again, takes you uh, you know, on a real fast ride, like everything needs to be done very quickly, you were able to conceive that and think this is perfect for this, film it in that way, edit it in that way, and get it done. Because I'm almost amazed at just like the idea and how quickly you were able to turn that idea around and how how that made that scene just great. So I was I curious, should... like, did yeah, go yeah. ahead.
1: Yeah, I think I think the 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 effect that you're talking about. So basically, they end up, you know, getting getting high with 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 wheat and go. They go to a shisha bar. Uh, the original idea was them to try mushrooms. So I had all those different psychedelic ideas of you know psychedelic visions and and crazy trippy scenes, but we just didn't have enough time because I knew. You know, to make a trippy scene, it would just take so much time, and and also uh, I couldn't explain to Monica what kind of you know experience that would, uh, would it would it be. So I just said, uh, so I just ended up you know with quite simple like visual effects which I just found on 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 YouTube. You know, so I just I think I looked up for like psychedelic. I don't know visual effects in in DaVinci Resolve and then I found it and also like super last minute because this was also like one of the last scenes that uh, that I edited but I was very happy about it but it was yeah but that that was an example of those things that you just where everything just for some reason falls into the right place and then you end up with a scene that you really like yeah so yeah no yeah. no real magic in in this just just a lot of luck
0: and did you storyboard that one as well before you put it together, or was that really just like, no, I don't have time. We're just gonna go in and do something kind of trippy.
1: I don't think there were storyboards to this one. I just had to remember, like, okay, you know, so this is this is the this is the line. They they're looking from left to right. Uh, she's looking from right to left. Um, and also, what would help me while editing that scene is that I used different music uh, when I edit it. Um, so I used uh, one like a popular song. It was actually LSD by, um, by the Rihanna's uh, boyfriend. I don't, mm-hmm. uh, with the, 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 with the strange, uh, with the strange artist name, uh, but I, I don't know often, I don't know yeah, so I often start editing, um, scenes. On like, I don't know, like Hans Zimmer soundtracks, like something I would really want to, you know, edit my, my footage with, and then I give it to my composer and then she comes up with some kind of version of it or some kind of style or I find some stock music as well, you know, so it depends. Yeah.
0: Do you find that it helps you more when you're editing to a song so you can get that sort of flow into the into the edit?
1: Yeah, because very, very often at the beginning you you feel very, very anxious. Like I, I'm not really sure if I can make this scene just how I want it, or to make it funny. And then you start with something that's uh, yeah. You, you st- I usually start with with music to create a mood, and then um, then it gets easier. Yeah,
0: yeah. I find that like now we're, I'm working on a project with two directors. Mm-hmm. um who are co-directing every episode and we had a cinematographer that they worked with and then like me and my co editor so there's two editors one cinematographer and two directors and I almost find that like in sort of tight pinches like what you're describing of like I need to keep the line like she's looking uh, right they're looking left sort of thing or vice mm-hmm. versa it almost helps that you're the one behind the camera and editing it but you got to make sure that you're skilled at both of them um because then you can kind of just continue that train of thought. Whereas if you have to kind of touch like five different people's trains of thoughts, that's when that discussion starts to open up. And that's when like everybody's ideas of what they see for the scene is completely different. And you have to have those sort of like that that discourse until you get to the right combination of it. But it's almost useful, even though it's more work for you, that you kind of like, you see it on the day you're filming it. And then you can also just, put it together the way you envisioned it from from set you
1: know yeah yeah well in in my case it it really works i know it's quite you know um unconventional this is like robert rodriguez kind of way of of filmmaking not not a lot of people can do it like this because the the workload it is is just enormous but for me you know i really enjoy that that freedom that first of all monica gives me a lot of freedom a lot of artistic freedom like very often, she just—I I, try to explain her some, you know, technical stuff. She says, "Just, dude, I don't care. Just do your thing, wherever, you know." And that's—that's—that's <laughs> that's, that's something I always dreamed of because I—I I, I really wanted, you know, to to let my creative juices flow. And in in this project, you know, that's that that's like a cinematographer's wet dream where you have actors, you have a script, you have a makeup artist, you have props, everything that you did, that that you wanted. And you're on on your dream position, which is a, a dop, and you can just do whatever you want, you know. So of course, it you it, it comes at a price because you know I have a lot of responsibilities within this this project, but at the same time, you know, it's quite a unprecedented position to be to be in. It's it's like a playground for me, you know, and I can, and and also very soon. I I had to convince myself that it's okay to make mistakes. That it's it doesn't have to be perfect. It doesn't have to look like Netflix. It 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 will never get per- perfect. No problem at all. You know, make mistakes. You can always do things better. And so that, you know that helped a lot with the with this kind of you know um, anxiety or you know well pressure. I gotta say.
0: I got to say, like, I'm really impressed with just like how prolific you guys are. And, you know, there's like you have an eight episode first season. That's almost each episode reaching around 40 minutes. And you're already what you said, three episodes into your second season. I mean, the majority of people that I know who are, you know, independent filmmakers or like just constantly making shorts or trying those things, you guys have made. Uh, you know, what, what is that? 10, 11 shorts, and they're long shorts. Most shorts are like 10 minutes, but these are like 40-minute episodes in mm-hmm. the span that it takes most people to like conceive of an idea and finish it and film it and perfect mm-hmm. it. And maybe there's a conversation to talk about how, like, yeah, some of those shorts though that you watch, like, they're really fucking close to perfect. Like those guys spend years on that. Yeah. But Is that really worth all the time that it takes, you know, compared to something that's like, like you're saying, 85, 90% there, that gets a lot of audience that gets people excited, because we're kind of in this culture of just wanting more, more, more all the time, rather Mm -hmm. than waiting three years per project, you know, I mean, how, how much work were you doing on this show? And like, how quickly did you get to see the result of that compared to other things you've worked on?
2: oh very quickly i mean we filmed the very first episode right um within how many days like five
1: yeah like so five this? shooting days yeah. yeah
2: yeah five shooting days that was in may and then when when was it released in june or july
1: so, june 13th so i think it took us like five full weeks something like this from the first shooting day to the like a uh, theater premiere of that of that uh that's pilot episode. Fucking so incredible.
0: Was, yeah. That's crazy. Yeah, that like, was, you guys it, see the results so quickly.
1: Yeah, and I'm super grateful for that because, you know, again, I have a level of accountability to both to my director, to my producer, but also to my actors because let's let's be honest, most of them they are not professional actors, you know. Many of them have never been in front of cameras, so for them to be a part of it is it's a great adventure. And one of the you know, biggest things that you can give back to them is just to you know finish this, just to publish it. You know, and it's it's an amazing adventure. And so I'm very happy with this level of accountability, where I have to where we set a a, a deadline, uh, like like a YouTube premiere, and then we can work up to it. But we don't. You know, I I can imagine that with in a, within a different team. I would take so much more time to finish, uh, for instance, the pilot uh, episode. Maybe even by now we wouldn't even finish it, you know, two years later. Because, you know, very often you can, it's not even about the proc- procrastination. It's it's more about, you know, trying to get it perfect and reshoot this. Oh, listen, we have to redo this sound. Maybe we can shoot everything again, you know, and then you create this kind of mental monster, that you can never finish, you know, because it will yeah. never be good enough and whatever. And I, I heard some horror stories, you know, of independent filmmakers that would work for years, you know, invest uh, so much of, of their own money, fire everyone and they are never finish anything, you know. And then I think and and this has consequences because any kind of, you know, next project this is the emotional, you know, baggage and experience that you take with your, with it, you know. So many limiting beliefs, you know. Maybe the, the next project won't even come because you're just like, okay, this is not for yeah. me. And it's well, just a shame, you know.
0: It's I've worked on both fronts of that too, where like, I mean, Dom's been there for a lot of these people as well, but like the people that like they film it. And then they don't give it the proper amount of love. So they just kind of Mm. like let that, like they don't set a deadline, which means that it becomes a chore to even work on it. Mm. And then eventually the product you see is just dog shit. And it's not even that the thing that you signed up for was dog shit. It's just like, it didn't get enough love on the back end. People, people kind of just didn't set themselves deadlines, uh, uh, deadlines for themselves and then because of that, it kind of just pushes and pushes and pushes. Uh, my partner, a friend of mine, worked on a project recently that's kind of turning into that. and that's you know, that's just the learning curve. But on the opposite spectrum, you know, I brought a team to our company that was a group of people who were unrelenting in their vision and because they were unrelenting in their vision, because they weren't willing to make sacrifices of what they wanted to make, mm-hmm. um, that project kind of suffered. Like the filming suffered because they weren't as flexible with just saying, these are our limitations. This is what we have to do. And I, I mean, I get it. Look, like, if you want to be like a great filmmaker, if you want to be the Scorseses or the Tarantinos or the Vim Vendors or any of those people, like, sure, I'm sure those guys are unrelenting in their vision. But at some point, they had to kind of make Concessions, right? You have to yep. make some sacrifices. Yep. Yep. You can't imagine that those guys were constantly demanding at the level they probably demand today. And if they were, then I don't know if I'd even want to work with those guys because that's just an insane level of entitlement, you know. Like it's much better to just yep. don't put so much pressure on yourself, realize it doesn't always have to be perfect, but just get it done. Make sure you get it to a place done. Put keep yourself accountable to like pushing, pushing those episodes out. I think, again, like I said, you guys have more work than any other filmmakers I know. And a lot of the, the stuff that you guys have conceived is newer than, like, stuff that I've even worked on now. You know, like, things that have dragged on for four or five years because it takes you so long. You guys are like, mm. no, we have an idea. Here's it. And now it's out, you know?
2: Yeah, that's that's also Monica's um, attitude, which is yeah. Yeah. which can be sometimes really, like... <gasps> Oh my god, scary because it's just now, right now, right now, but that actually gets you somewhere. Like it's gotten Monica so far. I mean, totally. she has the drive, right? And it's also very like you 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 get sucked into it in a positive way. But it's yeah. like, okay, yeah, let's follow. Let's do it. She has the drive.
1: You know the the level of resilience that she has is just inspiring, you know, because like Monica for me uh, on this project we work with we worked with uh, around 200 people and of course me and monica are like you know the, the the parents of the of the project and and we are you know risking um a lot you know also financially to 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 get it done um but even i had those moments of of doubt and moments that i felt like monica maybe just let's not do it, you know, maybe let's, let's, let's you know, let's, let's do it in another season or let's just, and she was like, you know, and, and, and especially, you know, when, when we started the, the first episode, it was, it was the, the, the pandemic and there were things that we could, that we couldn't do and we really have to, we we really had to push our luck, you know, and in. In so many situations, so many people would say like, OK, we cancel or uh, OK, let's not do it. Let's give that idea or let's uh, let's not reschedule. Uh, but every single time she would come up with, with a solution, every single time she would say, like, let's just try. And that's so inspiring. You know, that's 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 leadership, of course. But also, you know, that's, you know, very strong strong character you know and that's 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 why monica you know um it's very good to be working with her of course it's not always easy and we have our fights but we know that it it has a we don't fight from from the ego we we really fight for the artistic reasons and because we are we really care about uh, what we are, what we are making you know and by the way yeah go on go on
0: i was just gonna say it's a true mind of a producer who can like constantly find solutions like that's pretty much your job as a producer that's her
1: you know that's her exactly dylan i uh i have to i have to refer to our meeting uh after the first episode uh so that was already like one and a half year ago which i must say was super influential when it comes to my career and you (laughs) you you know which which meeting like the one i remember yeah i remember yeah (laughs) I tend to drag on though, so
0: I don't know if it was if it was helpful or not.
1: Oh, it was very helpful, but it was also scary as well because it was really (laughs) like a reality check. You gave me a lot of like wise uh, lessons, but also at the same time, I was like, Whoa, you know, we we are about to start the whole season of this, and we are like, you know, we're all in. I really have to do it. I really have to do it right, right, you know, and I remember and and this is like one of the takeaways, of course, it's the that book the, the rebel without the crew and of course robert Rodriguez, i I already knew who, who he was, but I've never read his uh read his diary i I ordered it the the very same day, like when I left our meeting, I ordered directly and that helped me so much, you know. And I also kept my own uh, diary during the, the the whole first season of uh, of Salmon Pêle. And very often, you know, there were there were entries like, "Okay, today we shot this and this, and it was fun," and blah blah. blah or or it was difficult. But very often, I would be uh, writing like pep talks to myself. Like I was super scared b- b- before a, a huge shooting day. And I would be just writing it all out, all the all the doubts and all the you know worst case scenarios and everything, you know, and 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 it it helped me a lot. So Dylan, thank me, uh, thank you, uh, oh. <laughs> because it was it was amazing. And another big takeaway was to find a uh, a composer. That was another lesson that was that completely changed our our project.
0: I would say that that's like always. That's like my number one piece of advice. The other stuff you can thank Robert Rodriguez for. I just found that book, you know, like I, re- I realized like quickly that when I was in school, I think the two best lessons my parents ever told me was uh, my dad said um, he didn't think that going to film school and film classes would be enough. And I was like, what do you mean by that? He goes, well, I mean, if that's all you have to do to be a famous filmmaker, then, like, everyone would be famous filmmakers. Like, if you want to be a good filmmaker, you need to go above and beyond, which then kind of was like a weird lesson because I was so proud of my grades. And here he comes saying, You need to do more. But it was basically telling me, Go make more movies, work outside school, pick up books that they don't assign that just like teach you things about the filmmaking. So that's all I would do. And like, reading those things, I can give you a, a longer list of better books to read too after, after oh, yes, the podcast. <laughs> but like, that stuff is like, I looked at it as, I can just read people's mistakes and then make sure I avoid making those mistakes. So like mm-hmm. reading his journal and seeing what worked and didn't work really helped. But the other big note is just, if you can get music that can apply to your project, you immediately enhance your project further than anybody else, because yeah. most people just use stock if they, you know, they, that's yeah. what they go yeah. for. And I remember like making my film. And that was the first thing that everyone noticed was like the music really kind of worked to the beats. And I was like, cause we got an actual, band to make that music right and you hear that here too in your project you guys like it's quirky and fun and it keeps the tone kind of light and there's just no way that would be like you could find stock that would exactly you know pitch exactly what you want to see
2: but i have a question uh coming back to the series itself like what is your favorite scene that one you like to watch two you really enjoyed shooting
1: I want to ask you a question, actually. Before. Well,
2: that late. That's okay. Fine.
1: <laughs> oh, now you've got me like super yes! difficult the classic question. question.
2: I yeah. know it was coming. The Come classic on. hard it.
0: question to answer.
1: Yeah, you know, top of mind it's it's usually the the cemetery uh a scene uh, yeah. that we film because it's 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 like uh, something completely different from all the other scenes because it's it's more of a you know, sentimental and historical tribute to the fallen soldiers, and not just you know a comedy scene. So I'll probably say that, but also the, the, the one we filmed with Mr. Polska, where you were in a, oh, yeah. in a wedding dress. Yeah, I like that as well, because it was super challenging. It was impossible to shoot, and uh, somehow and it was the first scene of, uh, of a season after the the, the pilots uh, pilot episode. And, yeah. and we completely nailed it. It's, oh, absolutely. It's, it's the same where it's like a bedroom. Yeah, I yeah, mean, yeah. you did Great. fantastic it, yeah.
2: job with all those. I mean, you know, you just moved the camera and added lights. Did you add the lights? Uh, the lights changed? Uh, Do they change in post-production? Or actually, did you play with the lights?
1: Um, the colors changed in post-production. And okay. uh, during the the shooting, we moved the... Uh, we moved the the lights from high key to low key, and it kind of imitates. It kind of creates this. This wasn't this, uh, intentional, but it kind of created a a effect of, you know, uh, like flower flowers that are you know going to rot, dying. You know? Yeah, dying. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah.
2: Yeah, it's like all of a sudden we're upside down it's in those the. In, scenes, yeah,
0: it's those scenes in your show that I think really make it feel full of movie magic. Again, like yeah. I would really recommend, even if you're not Dutch or Polish to go watch the show if you're a filmmaker, just to see if you can figure out how every scene was made. I mean, not like, not everything in it's too crazy. Like obviously there's the standard stuff, but mm-hmm. to be kind of impressed that, you know, a group of people can do this so quickly and that you don't have to overthink it, just do it. But then also scenes like that or the hookah scene that just like, there's enough movie magic where even me, I just sit there and I'm like, how did you do that? How did you even come up with the kind of concept of doing that? You know, reminds me of, um, you know, Taiko Waititi, I'm sure. Right. Like Taiko Waititi. Yeah, of course. Of course. Yeah. If, if you've ever huge, seen. Huge uh, inspiration. Yeah. I love his work and I love that they let him eventually do some big blockbusters. But a bunch of the stuff he brought to those blockbusters was just like trickery that he had learned in like indie filmmaking. So yeah. Yeah. Um, one scene I remember in like the Thor movie he made is you see these like flashing lights consistently going around the scene and it looks incredible. But the, all he did was like use strobe lights and mirrors to like make that scene look like lights were flashing around in thunder. Very simple things you can do. So again, like that scene, uh view of the wedding, it's just like, I look at that and that looks so impressive. But the truth is like, it's not that difficult if you just think about it a little bit, you know? It was actually, you
2: know, uh yeah. No, no, go on. <laughs> no, just for the just for uh, as an extra uh, um extra thing, it was actually filmed uh during two days, right because yeah. one of those days, so me and my fiance were not able to be there at the same time actually, right what it like that um yeah
1: somehow-
2: yeah. yeah, so uh,
1: Dylan didn't know didn't know it, so no, we have three like uh three actors in the in the in the scene we have the 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 bride the groom and like a public i would, I would just say it officer who gives yeah. them you know the, yeah. the, the yeah so so they are never together they were never filmed together you know so yeah. because we couldn't because of the scheduling conflict so we That's had the crazy. so the, the the guy in the middle is Mr. Polska. He's a he's a celebrity. He changed like last minute. He couldn't do it on the original day, so we had to film him first with some like doubles,
2: stand-ins, yeah,
1: yeah, stand-ins, and and that was super challenging because I really had to uh, remember like okay, this kind of camera movement and him in the middle wherever and then then i filmed dominica and uh, and 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 lester on another day um and then just put it on together and and until the post production which was also like like few days later i had no idea if if we pulled it off that was super scary yeah
2: <laughs> yeah
0: well it's again the benefit of you doing both and i don't want to say or advocate that filmmakers should do everything themselves but the fact that you did do both, you had the idea there already. So you were thinking about it. If I were just handed those shots, it'd be harder for me to like imagine exactly what somebody was thinking on mm. set. You know, that's, uh, I do find like you have, again, like we were talking about, you have to be skilled at both. Cause I've worked with some directors who consider themselves weekend editors. Like they'll like st- sit next to you as you're editing and mm. they watch your timeline as much as they watch your, like your product. They're like, you know, the, the source monitor. project monitor, whatever it's called. And they start looking at the technical things you do to the timeline. And they start asking questions like, oh, why are you doing it that way? Uh, Oh, excuse me, what are you doing? And I just, I can't stand that either. When somebody thinks they have (laughs) knowledge in like a, in a, a field and they're questioning how I do something rather than looking at the eventual product. So it's good that you're very skilled at both. You know, I would not advocate somebody who doesn't know how to edit like just coming in and thinking oh it's pretty easy I just cut here cut there and it will look good <laughs> like that's definitely not how that works at all you know
2: um other questions so that was the, the best ones uh what was uh, the hardest day on set or the hardest thing to film uh, we kind of touched upon it uh talking about the wedding scene um well whatever wedding dream dream scene actually Mm -hmm. um what was yeah what was the hardest thing for you the
0: christmas dinner i remember being on set that day yeah
1: yeah that was that was (laughs) going to be my uh, why
2: tell us why
1: yeah for for very similar reasons because it was just a little bit too ambitious so yeah the, the 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 christmas episode we we filmed 12 minutes of it on in in one single day you know with with right like 80 camera angles. I mean, camera setups and everything. And it was just, yeah, again, far out of my comfort zone. We had uh, a, a scene where everything, everyone is sitting at a table. So we have two families. We have some another uh, additional actors as, as as well. And everything is like planned up to a minute. Like we cannot lose a single minute uh this is going to be a very long day and this is the only possibility that we have and then one of our actors he's like yeah but i can only do it uh, until 5 p.m you know i can only be here for two hours and he's like in the whole fucking scene you know uh my fiance yeah oh. the fiance the 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 the, the actor director that we were so proud to have in a, in our production and i'm super sarcastic right now you know but i just yeah i just cannot <laughs> no it was already a, it was already a mission impossible and then this guy is like hey i have to go to a um a birthday of a friend, so I cannot be with you guys though. Though, so I, you know, I had the challenge of filming the uh, the whole scene without him. So we filmed his shots first. He's throughout the whole episode, and 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 I had to kind of avoid the empty seat. What was the question I asked
2: about the writing the writing
1: phase
0: and what was different and what uh, looked exactly how you imagined it.
2: Um so when i when i met monica she started talking about the show she just had a a big file of situations that happened to her she was unfortunately pretty unlucky (laughs) uh when since she arrived in the netherlands uh she had the most bizarre bizarre moments uh and situations that happened to her and um like like basically almost everything that is in the show happened to her right edmund yeah True. yeah which yep. is yeah
1: yeah especially the pilot episode is like completely completely authentic apart from like one improvisation that we that we made uh, on 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 set yeah but yeah that's 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 like a yeah um i'll just say it's like a biopic for her and uh, it's funny because it makes it uh it makes it uh, also very authentic and yeah.
2: relatable i would say for are
1: for any experiences other of yours in there, there too
2: no so that's the thing so i i don't know if i was lucky or unlucky to not have those situations um i was i i did not experience any bad moments while being in the netherlands um uh I, I do recognize some things uh but, but like talking about the weather right so it's like nice weather huh it's like everyone will ask yeah, you that that, in dutch the mom,
0: that dutch mom in the first episode in the whole first season is got the most thick outrageous dutch accent and <laughs> i can't tell is she playing that up yes or, yeah she must be right nice and i'm like oh my god that's overly dutch Overly sad. Esther,
2: Esther, yeah, <laughs> Esther. She is playing that option. It's like it's like the most standard Dutch English, if I may say. Probably,
0: so. yeah. probably my favorite scene besides the hookah scene is got to be the scene where Philippe and your cousin go to the gemeente, to the municipality, to get the uh, the BSN number, which is the Dutch version of a social security number, and the it's that's the most Dutch kind of scene I've ever seen because I've always had a hard time describing how Dutch people are without just using very generic terms, right? Just like Dutch people are quite straightforward and they're quite anal retentive. Like they want to do things exactly in order. And so like, but those are not really descriptive. So how do you describe that? Well, you write a scene where there's literally no one in there in waiting for like to get to a meeting, but yet the Dutch require you to still go through all the processes of getting the meeting that way, just because that's how things are done.
2: So I will tell so you, funny. this scene actually was one of the first scenes that Monica introduced to me. And that scene was supposed to be in the pilot. She really wanted to do that. But because it was middle of the pandemic, we couldn't find any like any um, building. Building that would serve as the gemeente, as the town hall, city yeah, hall,
0: yeah, the municipality. Um,
2: municipality. So um, that was the reason why it was pushed to later, uh, at least from my understanding. And uh, and then we, yeah, the 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 idea of the first episode stayed within the 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 frames of okay, the families meet, and I think hmm. that was really great because it's one story. Wrapped within those how long is it? 20 minutes? The first episode? I don't remember. 20 minutes. So within this 20 minutes, you get this development of the situation, which is super funny. Um, there were actually moments that were not written, that scene with those um pepper pepper notes oh yeah that was not written. Cookies. We were just we were just sitting at the table, and then my mom, well, I call her my mom, Agreshenka she she just starts improvising and they were fantastic at improvising my dad and my mom oh my god they were like this this right they just from the beginning started arguing like being in character oh it was amazing
0: they do do steal the show a little bit like their characters are so funny believe as well is quite funny but like your dad that ping pong scene (laughs) where he's like oh i just love it i think it's hilarious
2: and filming really great too by the way that ping pong
0: scene with the slow down. Did you, to, to, uh, two yeah. very technical questions then. Did you sure. already decide that you want to put those in slow motion and then filmed at a higher frame rate? Or uh, did you just speed that up afterwards? Um. Or uh, slow it down afterwards, sorry.
1: No, I think I decide on the because I I always want to remain the 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 motion blur, just yeah. how it should be. Um. So I kind of you know I I look at the script or I I come up with the with the activities that that we see during this this kind of you know like a ping pong match, and I and I'm like okay here we I want to slow down here is a dramatic moment here we have to film at double double the frame rate. You know, et cetera. So it's usually, um, yeah, I have to decide it before beforehand.
0: And then yeah. the other technical question, not with that scene, but just in general: mm-hmm. Did you film in log, or was it already rec to help you, like, already have the color the right way for coloring later?
1: It's uh, let's let's see if I can grab this one here. Yeah, it's log. And so, so you I do have... all the coloring after. Can you see it? Mm. Yeah, so this yeah. is my uh, Ninja Five uh, Atomos that I'm using, and mm-hmm. I just apply. So both in my red, which is also here, and on my on my screen, I apply a lookup table, which is just seven oh nine, and then I see roughly like what kind of colors I will have. But everything is filmed in in log, and even before filming, before I so the first episode was filmed with a uh, a Lumix. And that was also, well, actually both. It was in in log and in uh, let's say in 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 a normal color space. So but, the first
0: one you guys did with the DSLR, and then eventually you got the red and started yeah. doing it on oh, yeah. nice. That's so,
1: uh, that was after after a few shooting days of the of the rest of the season. We we got the red, and that was also super exciting because I had only one evening to test it and then in the the, the next day we had just one of the biggest shooting days which was the filming the speed dating uh oh, dominica okay. remember and also the it was the, fun that yeah super hard i mean this the scene ended up to be amazing but logistically yeah. it was such a you know challenge, challenging challenging day like you know you end up on a location where you are where you can film And then, uh, you know, during the afternoon, uh, we get a message like, okay, you are not really welcome here anymore, because we have a huge reservation, and you guys have to pick up your stuff and uh, get the fuck out.
0: (laughs) The flexibility that you guys have is quite impressive to me. It's just like being able to be flexible on that. Any other shoot, that would kind of destroy the day. But you guys are just making it work with what you got. you gotta. That's
2: the other thing. Like, that's what I like. It's like... No, you got to have, you got to make it happen. Like if you focus on the things that go wrong, you would never do anything. So, and that's not the spirit and the the mindset of some NPO. No,
1: our, our philosophy is always okay. We have so much daylight or we have so much time that we can spend on a location. Let's just give another take. Let's just do it to another camera angle. Let's do some bureau, anything just to the last very last minute or you know if the if the if the memory card is full or but but just pushing it the whole time the whole time you know and then um and and very often so um i always see this kind of curve where in the begin on the beginning of the day you have a lot of energy but your flow is very low and you are like super anxious you don't really feel like filming any kind of camera angle that you're setting up is just shit and then you know as after after some you know scenes or some shots you start to you know the the energy starts starts flowing and you get into this you know creative mode and then during the day of course you get more tired and everything but your flow starts to you know really reach those high levels that's and that's why in the in the last you know like 30 minutes or last one hour, last hour of the shooting day i get the best shots and and of course i'm super like exhausted and the day after we have another we have another day but uh, another day of shooting but uh yeah that's how those shooting days usually work um can you guys tell us
0: anything about season two or how the season ends without spoiling it for people Ooh, who want to watch it I mean... also where can you watch it for anyone who hasn't seen it how maybe your life kind of took on some of the parallel lives of your character
2: say <laughs> huh. so the opposite it's like my character's life took a parallel
1: <laughs> she has a cameo she has a cameo yeah, yeah. where we yeah. where we fake uh the 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 New York city
2: yeah 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 well tell us Edmund
1: um you know I don't know myself we are uh, we we filmed uh the 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 first half of it and now monica is is starting to ride the the the, the second half and i'm super excited uh, but we don't know where where it leads i can i i can tell you a little bit about you know how our philosophy changed or like what was our intention to go with the second season because to give a little bit of a context our actually our best case scenario that we aimed for was that we're going to sell the show after the first episode after the pilot episode which is you know the conventional way and then usually you know when when your pilot doesn't get you know sold then you kind of you know move on to another project and we decided to no let's just do the whole season let's see what's going what's going to happen because we have a very you know we have a set of very unique characters we have amazing chemistry and we just want to film and so usually you know after filming that one season which is already quite unique uh we went to poland in order to sell the the show and we didn't succeed and so we made the judgment call of like okay are we killing this thing or are we going to make the the second season also bear in mind that we have very important actors who uh, who who are leaving the project and dominica is an amazing example because you're moving to you moved Ooh. to us you know so we lost you uh Ooh. and uh, I'm so that did, <laughs> we know we know it didn't make it Easier, but we we did decide like okay, we at least let's do some kind of cool, amazing opening scenes to 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 give our fans uh, you know a bit of story. Um, but yeah, I, I I met with Monica. Of course, we were like, ah, this is going to be hard. But I said to her, like, okay, if we're going to make a second season and we already have to compensate so much let's just give everything you know let's make it better in any kind of way let's let's come up with new characters new casting calls you know let's um upgrade when it comes to equipment let's invest our last money in in some last lamps a slider and just let's try to you know go to another level in anything that we're doing whether it's the the, the lighting whether it's the camera work that the, the, the writing the acting like color grading like we we just written down all the things all the elements and we're like okay what's the next step how can we you know how can we improve it so it became also very exciting because we were like okay we're back to the to the we're back to zero we're starting again and 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 and, and you know let's let's go for it and so yeah so we are happy about that. it's it's super tiring it's very ambitious but it's i think it's a good strategy good intention
2: so how much of your time because you are an editor and filmmaker how much yeah. of your professional time summon Pl takes
1: um, you know, objectively, you can look at it in in a way of like how much how much time it takes, but it's 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 usually yeah, it's 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 usually very irrational because it's it's more about the energy and distraction, meaning that when I'm working when I'm filming and editing salmon, I really cannot focus on other projects and this also goes for my client works which is you know how i make money which is uh, you know how i pay my bills so I, I i i try to plan it in a good way so those things like you know i cannot i, I discovered that i cannot really balance them i cannot work you know be editing the salmon paleo on on one day and then the second day i i will be filming for clients i don't have this kind of focus you know it's uh, it's it's probably because i really want to be focused on one thing in order to get the the flow to 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 the best levels um but it takes me around i think 100 120 hours per episode and that's just post-production and right now when it comes to all the shooting days of some MPL, we are at the day 78. So we had 78 shooting days. For this season or for both seasons? Both, both. So for these, so so, yeah, the first one, and we're talking about the the full ones. So no like small reshoots or something like this, or ADR, just just full like days, days on the set. So the first season was the 50, exactly 50 days. And now we are... Um, and the, and now the first four episodes were 28 days. So it took us actually more time to get, uh, to get it on but film.
0: If I was going to say one thing that I would say was a little, uh, be more critical about the show is like giving that mm-hmm. a little bit more time. I think you guys will jump up to that closer perfection mm. goal. Like, cause you're already so close to it now that sometimes it's just a matter of like a little bit more time like, get dedicated to each thing so you're not all just pulling your hair out, you know, like, gives you that better project uh, product. Like, what you're saying with season two, you want to just, like, go all in, make it better than season one, which is, you know, a very standard goal. But that also requires, you know, knowing when to push really hard and knowing when to take a little bit of rest and make sure that it's getting enough love, right? Like you're saying with the early shots in the day and the end of the day, like, not to overdo it to yourselves. But I will say that I was also really... Shocked and impressed, like when we would go to Poland when we were still living in Holland. Like Dom would get recognized by the flight attendants, get recognized by everyone in the airport. They would all be like, "Yaja, yaja, mm-hmm. some pl." So really, guys, yeah, really. <laughs> oh, so I guys, didn't know that. <laughs> oh yeah, a couple times. Yeah.
2: Story: I was going back home last summer, and I'm sitting because I'm always the last to enter the plane. I don't like standing in the line, so I'm just sitting, <sighs> and almost everyone is already passed. So I'm getting up, and then there's this man behind me, and I'm like, all right. And then he's like, Yaja? I'm like, (laughs) "Um, uh, yes. And he's like, hi, hi, I'm from, I'm your sponsor. And I'm like, oh my God. So happy dental.
1: Yeah. i think probably. uh,
2: Yes. And I, yeah. I've, I've spoken to him already. I was on the phone with him. I never met him in person. So I ne- I didn't even know how he looks. Mm. He's like, yeah, Eric. I'm like, oh my God. Oh, oh, okay. So it was just so bizarre before him. Also like people at the airport, because it was Eindhoven. So it's way more Polish people. And obviously the plane <laughs> yeah, was going to Poland. Yeah. So uh, <laughs> it was like, hey, you're Yadja, right? I'm like, Oh yeah, Uh, you guys,
0: you guys, and your show was also a huge part of my argument towards what's more important: audience or accolades. Um, Mm -hmm. I have this conversation all the time now with like filmmakers I'm working with. Like, people have this tendency to think, "Oh, we should just go for a bunch of festivals. Let's go for festivals because people, Mm -hmm. you know, that's that's accolades. Like, people recognize festivals." And I'm like, "When's the last time you watched the entire lineup at Tribeca? Have you ever gone and like to Cannes and seen all that shit? Have do you like?" Like, does, do you actually go and watch any festival films or do you only watch festival films that eventually make their ways to theaters, which are like maybe one or two out of the hundreds at that festival? And I started to think a lot about like what you guys did with Salmon and how, I mean, how many views does your first episode have? Over 100,000?
2: Now yep. over 100,000. Yeah, like
0: yep. over 100,000 views. Like, and the amount of subscribers you guys have is
1: like up uh, over 5K, I think. it
2: 5K? It was no, 4.5. Almost, almost, yeah.
1: Almost, yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah. it's actually, more... it, it's actually, sorry that I interrupt you. No, it's no actually worries, no today worries. that we hit uh, 500,000 uh, views milestone Woo! together. Today, like, but, yeah. So
0: this is this is the point. Congratulations, <laughs> by the way. Thank but you. this is you the too. point I'm trying to make: is like, what when you go to a distributor, when you go to a production company, when you want to make your show legitimate, what's more important: to show them that hey, I've won all these awards, but like nobody's actually seen it and nobody you know is in it, or is it more important to come and be like, hey, we've had 500,000 people show interest in this show? Yeah, like yep. this is. I can generate an audience and what generates bucks is an audience, you know, as Dom famously once said, bucks in my pants. So (laughs) I think, I think that like has been such a
1: inspiration,
0: you know, for me and like friends of mine to like, look at what you guys did and like, look at how people are just interested in your work, which is more valuable than any fucking Laurel that like a film festival is going to send me.
1: Absolutely, you know, and 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 this also comes with with the with the new age of filmmaking, where a lot of things end up on 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 YouTube, and this social proof, and like the the the, the statistics that you can measure, like how many views did your video get? Yes, it's it's, it's, it's it's important. It's also how people uh, perceive things. I mean, imagine, okay, so like first episode right now has more than hundred thousand views, which is for the niche that we have, it's quite quite good, um, and since we still haven't really, you know, gotten big in 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 Poland itself, it's more like the the poles living in Netherlands. But imagine that that the same episode after two years that it 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 only has like let's say two hundred views before you know clicking on it. Or giving it a try, you already have some kind of idea of what kind of quality it will have, or how good it is, or how popular it is, you know, so that's why those, those numbers do, do matter, you know, and when it comes yeah. to the festivals, that's probably one of the things that we should do. But we just don't have even time to, you know, look into it. And we don't have experience in, with uh, applying, we are just kind of, you know, running and pushing and 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 sticking with what we what we know
0: yeah and I think it's paying off honestly i I don't think you're missing much from the festivals a lot no. of them a lot of them require you not to release publicly in order for them to have the public release yeah what that's does no that good really get you
1: no yeah. of course not yeah. no um you know I I I do believe in this kind of you know um a bit of credibility a bit of prestige you know I guess it depends on a on a festival as well I mean I I think there is a festival for Web series, which would fit perfectly for us. but of course, you know, there are there are very different kind of conditions that you know how you can how you can apply. and of course, of, of many of them will want your work to be exclusive for them, like yeah. before release. And in our case, it's like we have fans waiting for our for for new episodes, you know, and and we're already pushing really pushing our deadlines in order to deliver something that's more often than once in 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 four weeks in the first season we uh, sometimes had premieres every second week which I don't want to repeat that kind (laughs) of workload because uh yeah that's that's how I experienced my first burnout uh so in this and also to come back to your advice Dylan this in this season we did give ourselves more flexibility and less pressure like if i think last month i i just told monica listen i need a break i need a break from 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 salmon because i've been we've been working on this every single day for the last 18 months and i'm not enjoying it anymore and it's an amazing product a project but i don't want to you know look back 10 years from now on my on my debut and thinking like i i really you know it was it was a butchery and and i hated it no i really want to enjoy it you know so we need we are we have some kind of accountability to our uh fans but we are not obliged to certain deadlines like let's let's keep it fun you know let's yeah this is this is our first time you know let's 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 have some let's let's keep it reasonable
0: i've i fully believe in that too that you know if you're not having fun making a project then your audience is not going to have fun watching the project mm-hmm. so okay, striking that balance is good quite one. important right um but you guys have already c- succeeded in the hardest part for most filmmakers which is obtaining an audience and now you guys have an audience so i mean, I mean you're our, you're in a good spot you're it's in growing. a good spot
1: so yeah um to summarize um uh, some MPL, um, we made sure that international audiences can can watch it as well. There are like different subtitles um, that you can choose from different languages. Um, but the most I think the most important thing about this project is that this is a project done by amateurs who just wanted to get get together in the time of pandemic. And create something together, create something that they won't forget for the rest of our lives. And we really succeeded in something, in making something with, with passion. It's far from perfect, but we are super proud of it. And our growing audiences, tells us that it's 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 worth watching and so yeah i really invite you to to watch it it's on youtube it's for free at this moment we have 11 episodes so it's more than it's actually almost six hours if you want to binge watch it's it's all there and uh and thank you dominica and dylan for uh, for, for having me it's uh it's an amazing opportunity and i really enjoyed this this conversation because like when it comes to filmmaking we can just talk for for hours and thanks so much for
0: joining us and thanks Thank for just you. talking a little bit about the process but yeah anybody who hasn't gone to see this show particularly polish or dutch people or filmmakers please go watch it because it's quite an impressive uh it's an impressive feat <laughs>